The Midday Report. I'm Mandy Wiener. Keep listening as we round up the key stories affecting your world with interviews with newsmakers, in-depth analysis and eyewitness news reporters on the ground. The Midday Report. Of course, today dominated by Workers' Day events being led by unions across the country. The main one is in Bethlehem in the Free State. The president is due to speak there. Uh, Gwede Mantashe, the ANC chairperson, is also speaking at an event in East London today. So various events are, are happening everywhere. We're waiting for the president uh, to speak at that one in Bethlehem. But have a listen to the Deputy Minister of Trade and Industry, Fakile Majola, speaking earlier at that Workers' Day event. Uh, firstly, workers must continue to celebrate May Day. It's their day. It's not uh, just a day for South African workers. It's a day for workers of the world. They fought for this day they, uh, in, order, in recognition of their rights. And uh, the situation in the world today, firstly, we must recognize that workers are celebrating May Day in a very difficult uh, geopolitical situation in the world. The security situation has escalated, and so workers of the world must, today as they commemorate May Day, mobilize for peace. That is the Deputy Minister of Trade and Industry, Fakile Majola, speaking earlier. So we will take you to Bethlehem a bit later on when the President starts to speak. But as I mentioned, of course, the ANC chairperson, Gwede Mantashe, is speaking at a Kasatu event in the Eastern Cape in East London. Earlier he tweeted, Today we'll join organised workers under the banner of Kasatu, not only to celebrate and commemorate the Workers' Day, but to pay homage to the struggles, sacrifices and achievements of organised workers in our country and beyond. Beyond borders. Sipa Kema, EWN reporter, is at the Orient Theatre in East London. Sipa, good afternoon to you. Uh, describe what's happening there and has Gwede Mantash spoken yet? Good morning to you, Mandy, and good morning to uh, the listeners. No, unfortunately, not yet. We are running uh, behind schedule here at the East London uh, Orient Theatre. Um, and he, now, I mean, when we started off, the event was supposed to actually start at 9 a.m. Uh, but when we arrived, including the ANC national chair himself, when he arrived, uh, we arrived to a completely empty hall where, of course, we had to wait as the numbers started to come in and people started to come in. But, of course, we couldn't wait uh, any longer. They couldn't wait any longer. They had to uh, start with the ceremony and the events of the day um, to a almost somewhat empty room um but yes people are starting to arrive now by the numbers mandy uh but a lot of them actually loitering outside you ask yourself maybe uh would you think that people are they here for the actual event uh and what the you know event symbolizes as may day for workers or is it just a, a time to come out or an outing for them? Because uh, what I can tell you, Mandy, uh, we were seeing quite a number of people outside who are supposed to be inside, uh, you know, loitering by the cars, listening to music. Uh, and, uh, you know, it begs the question, are workers really interested anymore 
in May Day? Are they interested in mm. what they're going through and what the unions have to say? We will get some analysis on, on what the situation is for year, workers in the country at the moment. Of course, in a, in a country where there is 30% unemployment rate, uh, so many people are not employed and yet we are commemorating a day of employment and of workers. And of course, Sipa, all of this playing out against the backdrop of relationships within the tripartite alliance, whether or not ANC leaders will be booed today as they were last year. Gwede Mantashe knows all about that. What is the sense of, of the response to him today? Well, he was, uh, you know, received with a warm welcome, Mandy, uh, by the numbers that were here, um, you know, wanting to listen. Of course, um, activities and uh, started to amp up a bit as uh, some of the workers were actually singing. He's actually also joined by the Eastern Cape ANC Secretary General, He's also present as well as some of the leadership from some of the alliances like Yosanko, uh, Nihao within the province. They're also here, of course, for the May Day address. And we do believe that they're also going to be speaking now. Um, Just before the actual event started, uh, there was a moment uh, of silence, of course, for uh, the late um, former chairperson, or rather was the chairperson of Kosatu in the province, Tabile Kunene, who had passed away uh, earlier on mid-April. So there was that as well. Uh, But now we are looking forward, of course, to hear what exactly uh, Mm. ANC National Chair Gwede Mandasha has to say. Uh, We were uh, also anticipating the arrival of SACP uh, leader, that's Bladen Zimande, but he's still Mm. not here. Uh, We haven't heard whether or not he will be making the event yet. Uh, We are still waiting, as so are the leadership of the province here as well. Super, thank you. Super Kema, who's at the Orient Theatre in East London. It all sounds a little bit chaotic there, uh, where Gwere Mantashe is due to speak at that Kasatu event. Saftu, the Trade Union Federation, also marking Workers' Day today with an event in Durban. Trevor Shaku from Saftu joining us now. Trevor, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time today. What is the South African Federation of Trade Unions doing today to mark Workers' Day? Well, thanks for having us. Uh, we are having a couple of rallies across the country in five provinces. Uh, the main rally is in Durban, and uh, other rallies are in Free State, in Western Cape, in uh, Eastern Cape, and Limpopo. We are marking the uh, the Workers' Day, or commemorating the Workers' Day today. The main rally uh, being in Durban because we are also celebrating the 50th anniversary of the historic Durban strike. Uh, the Durban strike would have begun early in January with uh, night watchmen who went on strike in demand for wage increases, followed a day later by the, the coral brick uh, tile workers here in Durban again. And, and those protests would have spread throughout Durban to, uh, to other sections of Durban, like your Pine Town, where, and, and also spread throughout the country. They are historic for us because they would have instilled two things. One, in terms of winning gains socioeconomically for workers, but secondly, also in uh, 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 giving us some principles and tenets which would have guided trade union tradition in this country since then. And those trade union traditions speak to worker democracy, worker control, which seems to also, at the current moment, be under threat from, uh, 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 workers, from worker leaders who are answerable to themselves, uh, from worker leaders who seem to be swayed aside by the 
these gains, uh, which would have uh, made this trade union to be colossal machine with investment arms and all of that. So right. the trade union uh, democracy and control is what we'll be reflecting on in today's uh, rally. Okay. Trevor, thank you very much. Uh, Trevor Shaku, who is the spokesperson for SAFTU, the trade union of South African Federation of Trade Unions, speaking there. So as I mentioned, various events taking place today. Uh, we are waiting for the president to speak in Bethlehem at that Kasatu event. Uh, the relationship between Tripartite Alliance Partners, uh, that of course is the SACP, Kasatu and the ANC, very much under the spotlight. The massive issue of unemployment in South Africa. You can't uh, ignore that situation. When it comes to Workers' Day today, and also a reflection on how the ANC leaders will be uh, will be welcomed or not welcomed or booed potentially as they were last year. I think that's going to to really give us an indication of just how much support the ANC has going into the 2024 elections next year. Do they have the support of the trade union federations and the SACP as well? We also get some analysis uh, in in a little bit on uh, what the status is of workers in South Africa. The Midday Report. The All Truck Drivers Forum and Allied South Africans uh, expressed some disappointment because uh, of the turnout of its planned national shutdown of roads yesterday. There was a plan for a national strike against what it called safety issues, the use of labor brokers, the employment of foreign truck drivers as well. There were some concerns around major routes. Uh, police were placed on high alert. There were concerns of violence and roadblocks, but there were actually no disruptions at all on any of these major routes. Safiso Nyati is the All Truck Drivers Forum and Allied South Africa Secretary. Safiso, good afternoon to you. Thanks for your time. Uh, what are your thoughts around the turnout? Did it meet expectations or do you acknowledge that it, it was not what you anticipated? Well, good, uh, good day, good day, Sissam. Uh, we're breaking our, we're going to your question, Sissam. Sorry about that. What do you think about the reaction? Uh, did you have numbers yesterday or not? We got the numbers, uh, special other provinces, uh, Western Cape and uh, Northern Cape, Kimberley and Middlebeck, uh, Pomalanga. Even now, in the uh, other places, Pomalanga, there was a shutdown there for drivers. There was a response for drivers. There was a um, yeah, the particip- particip- participation around about 67, although it wasn't. Was the way we expected, as I explained before, yeah. So how 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 would you describe it, Saviso? How would you describe the turnout? It's not a, a win. Oh, uh, yeah, not a win. Uh, you say what we want to win. We win the trucking industry must remain for for, for South African. Is in the law. What we are doing is is, is is supposed to be done. So we never want anything in that six, almost six years now. You understand? So there is the government will. South Africa, including employers, because we have this situation because of employers. Deliberately, our government is turning as a blind eye as he wants some investigation. Why are you creating a tax team to solve the problem? No, not don't need to create a, 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 a tax team. The, the government must take a stand against it to the employers who breaks the law on the kids in this country. And South African people must be employed, you understand? So no one is talking about this thing. Even those, you know, even those, uh, what do you call, 
Federation for Trade Union, even these useless politicians. No one's this banning us is banning us. So right. we had, you know, it's not, it's not the first time. You know, many times we're talking mm. government structures, ministers, DG. As maybe we had a, 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 a speech from the minister said. What we are saying, our, our grievance is a nonsense. What kind of a minister is a nonsense? What is not achieving, not taking action against the employers? So if he said they must deploy a police, must be harsh at us. But himself did, he, did, he, did he take the necessary action against employers. Who created it? Is in the law, is in his office. We understand. Okay, Safiso, thank you so much. Safiso Nyati, All Truck Drivers Forum, Allied South Africa Secretary, explaining there, he says that there, there were, um, gatherings in Mpumalanga, in Malilan, uh, in KZN as well, in Middleburg in the Eastern Cape, but not quite the national shutdown that was anticipated. An issue there for the, uh, the All Truck Drivers Forum is safety issues, the use of labor brokers, the employment of foreign truck drivers as well. I can tell you the president is jiving. He is, uh, dancing on the stage at the moment. Uh, He's due to speak at that uh, May Day uh, Kasatu commemoration, um, which is taking place in Bethlehem. We will take you there as soon as he's finished dancing and he uh, does take to the podium to speak to workers. The Midday Report. You may have seen the visuals of South Africans arriving back from Sudan being welcomed by Minister Naledi Pando, Minister Aaron Motsuledi, uh, you know, various uh, officials busy at, I think it was Tandi Modise as well, uh, welcoming them back after they were uh, brought safely home from the violence in Sudan via Egypt. Uh, now a report coming out from Gift of the Givers about uh, a group of 22 South Africans stranded in Egypt, um, that they are on a boat that was chartered by a company. Let's get clarity on this now from International Relations, Durko's Head of Public Diplomacy, Clayson Moniela, joining us now. Clayson, good afternoon to you. Thanks for, for your time. What is the status of these 22 South Africans that we're now hearing are, are stranded in Egypt? Yes, uh, good afternoon, Mandy. Uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, there is a group of 22 South Africans who, with their employer, had made separate arrangements to travel without talking to no consulting government. They are now in Egypt, um, but the authorities there are not allowing them to disembark from their boat because clearances are required. They've now reached out to government uh, for an intervention so that we assist. We've alerted our embassy in Cairo, who are now dealing with the matter, talking to the relevant agencies, including state security in that country, uh, to allow South Africans to get off the boat. Uh, Their employer was responsible for the arrangements and covering the cost that they've secured flight tickets as well. So as soon as the clearance issue is sorted, they will be flying back to South Africa. So we are assisting. Uh, but I need to make this point that in situations like this, we always encourage and make the call that uh, even if private companies want to take care of their staff members, it's always useful to involve government because occasions uh, do arise where government interventions are required uh, for us to talk to our counterparts, especially in foreign countries. So that's what we encourage. But on this specific issue, we've now been alerted and are assisting. And just for clarity, Clayson, were South African officials aware of this group of South Africans over the last few days or have you only just heard about them now? So, so if you listen to the voice note from Gift of the Kids, that's another thing. They, they first went to uh, this NGO uh, 
prior to alerting us, but we'll deal with that. Is that this was a group that, uh, from the start, uh, I think were in an area where the employer felt they were fairly okay and uh, were busy with the project and they decided uh, once they realized the fighting wasn't uh, stopping to then make arrangements to move them out uh, without talking to no involving government. The ones that we were aware of were largely in Khartoum and uh, closest places to Khartoum are the ones that government uh, evacuated safely. Uh, the group arrived yesterday, some the day before yesterday. In fact, there was a smaller group the day before uh, then. So these ones mm. uh, were completely out of our radar because I think the employer just felt they could manage the operation and now they're stuck. Uh, clearances are required. They've reached out to us and uh, we've activated our embassy in Cairo to immediately and urgently talk to the authorities and get them cleared so that they can travel back to South Africa. Uh, Clayson, I'm, I'm not looking for a, a point of conflict here at all. I appreciate the good work that government has done, but we have heard Gift of the Givers speaking out on, on this quite a bit and um, we've also heard now this group going to Gift of the Givers. Does that cause some confusion when you have government and you have a, a, a humanitarian organization are you working together? Is there some disconnect there? So, so I'm going to be as diplomatic as I can be on this. Um, Gift of the Givers was not on the ground in Khartoum, in Sudan. Uh, South African diplomats attached to the embassy are the ones who were on the ground uh, and worked with our people and coordinated a very risky and dangerous mission to get them out. The initial two buses that we used to move people out of Sudan were paid for by government. There was a third bus that uh, was necessary because there were some people who were far from Khartoum when the first group left. Gift of the givers paid for that bus. As I say, they were not on the ground. They were coordinating all of this work with us. And we've acknowledged their partnership and support, including that of Sudan, Saudi Arabia, and Egypt. However, the, 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 the one issue that we've noticed is that uh, um, aid agencies and NGOs who work in this area of work, uh, they partner with government well. But remember, they also have a, a responsibility as part of their mandate to work and you know they require fundraising from time to time. So visibility right. is important for them. And government has acknowledged that uh, they work with us despite the fact that they were not on the ground. Clayson, thank you very much. Clayson Boniela, Durko's Head of Public Diplomacy. Um, being diplomatic there, I think that you, you understand what he's saying. Well, let's get uh, some analysis on this now with International Relations Consultant, Dr. Charles Sinkala. Dr. Sinkala, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time today. Uh, it does look like fighting in Khartoum, even early today, uh, is very much uh, rife. We are hearing reports of, of violence still rocking the capital. Hundreds of people have been killed, thousands wounded uh, since that long simmering power struggle between the Sudanese army and the paramilitary rapid support forces uh, erupted in the middle of April. Uh, What is your reading of the situation there and any potential of uh, violence ceasing? Uh, Thank you very much and uh, good afternoon to your uh, listeners. Um, It is quite unfortunate that uh, uh, Sudan has got a big or long history in terms of uh, 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 civil wars. Uh, you can we can't forget that uh, uh, Sudan and South, South Sudan had to split uh, into form two countries. You know because of uh, the influence uh, within the, uh, the, the the civil rights groups and the, the government, and as well as uh, the influence uh, by uh, the Russian company Wagner, which is consist of mostly the mercenaries. 
and uh, look at uh, the, uh, the the rebels actually they're they're quite powerful at this stage you know having seventy thousand troops that well trained and well paid and well equipped you know we don't see any uh, joy from uh, the government you know uh, supplying and counter uh, 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 fighting uh, these rebels and as we can see the escalation of people now has escalated to uh, people actually leaving the country. And how do you see this playing itself out? Do you, do you foresee an escalation in the violence or do you see any kind of, of ceasefire holding? Uh, we can't have, uh, we can't see any possibility of ceasefire at this, at the moment, as we have uh, seen the escalation of uh, uh, military personnel uh, driving 500 vehicles uh, from uh, south of Libya. Uh, I think they have been uh, aided by uh, uh, General Haftar from uh, Libya, who's supplying the, the his uh, counterpart as a rebel leader that side, supplying them uh, arms without any stop or desire uh, from government. We ca- we have seen the United Nations uh, sent an envoy to go and check what is happening, but that simply does not mean a lot, as we have seen uh, many countries have evacuated the people. Right. Dr. Charles Sankala, international relations consultant, uh, giving us some analysis there on the situation in Sudan. The Midday Report. As we wait for the president to take the podium at that May Day event, let's speak to Terry Bell, the Labour analyst. As I mentioned before the, the break, uh, he's written a very interesting piece in News 24 today about the sadness which is accompanying May Day for him today. Terry, good afternoon to you. Thank you for, for your time. You always approach this occasion, May Day, with jubilation, with pride, determination. Why is it that you are approaching it with sadness today? Well, good afternoon, Mandy. For the simple reason that the trade union movement has reached its lowest point, particularly in South Africa, but around the world there's been a general decline, although in some parts of the world there's already been a very clear indication that there is a revitalization taking place. It's a small way here too, but not to an extent that doesn't make me feel rather sad. I just wondered as I watched the president arriving at um, Bethlehem, Having driven through that area earlier this year, I wonder if he managed to avoid all the potholes. Ah, touche indeed, Terry. So there's there's obviously context against which this the sadness is accompanying a workers' day today. Of course, there is exploitation, there is uh, brutalised workers, there is massive unemployment in South Africa, um, and, and I have seen some commentary today saying, "Well, uh, how could we even be commemorating Workers' Day with a massive unemployment like we have?" This is this is the question I ask. This is why it was such sadness that I look at it, because it's not just a question of the unemployment. It's a question, is there any answer even being put forward, any suggestions being put forward? I can think back 20 years ago when uh, some of the trade union groups, and Fedusa was the one, Ches Milani was then the general secretary of Fedusa, who suggested, uh, because there were had uh, a number of the settling areas, the, the informal settlements, he suggested that the unions should, because of their organization, be involved with the communities. After all, that's where workers come from, the lower paid workers especially, and start to build cooperative uh, vegetable gardens, etc., and educate people about uh, nutrition. Uh, this is a huge problem in a country like ours, which has this massive problem of children who are grossly are malnourished. And that, of course, has a knock-on effect right across society. That's not happened. We still have trade unions 
thinking if if they're functioning properly, and some of them are, but uh, others are seem to be falling apart gradually. Um, thinking in terms of the mid twentieth century, this is the twenty first century. Work mm. is changing. The nature of work is changing. Technology has raced ahead at a pace never before seen, and the unions have not even come to terms with it. I'm watching Soli Mapaila from Kasatu busy speaking at this event today. We're waiting for the president to come to the podium to deliver his message of support from the ANC. Uh, What is the the state of the tripartite alliance in South Africa and and how important is this for the ruling party to have the support of the unions? I find it quite incredible when I saw Zinghi Salozi welcoming the president. And of course, you've got uh, Soli Mapaila on the platform as well, when you actually have the South African Democratic Teachers Union, which is one of the largest uh, affiliates of the Congress of South African Trade Unions, COSATU, having to take COSATU and the rest of its affiliates, led by the National Education, Health and Allied Workers Union, to court, to labor court. They're in court now. There's a court case coming up um, because COSATU and these other unions have decided completely, or it appears arbitrarily, you know, we'll let the courts decide, um, that they will support the Communist Party and a socialist alliance, if one exists, uh, in the next elections, and not the ANC. Now, Santu have, well, Magwena Maluleke, the General Secretary, has been quite diplomatic about it. He hasn't said some of the somewhat, uh, shall we say, less diplomatic comments made by some of the other officials, he has said, well, we're ignoring democratic processes here. We really need a special Congress, and we need the workers to tell us what they want Mm. Kosatu and the affiliated unions to do. We don't want the leadership, autocratically, basically, he doesn't say that, though, autocratically, I do, um, decide what to do. Now, it's incredible when you see this sort of thing, you have the alliance going on there. The, the contradictions that exist are just confusing. Is it, all the a, whole place is it all a bit of a farce, Terry? Unfortunately, yes. So what happens now? Do we see the collapse of the tripartite alliance going into 2024? And what would mark the, the, the ultimate collapse? Well, I don't see necessarily that it will collapse. There might be, again, there's a constant fraying at the edges all the way through. If you have a look at the way unions have fragmented, they're popping up all over the show. I think I I haven't checked lately, and I feel desperately sorry for the Registrar of Trade Unions because they've been waiting for more than a year to get their computer program updated, which was supposed to have been done more than a year ago, so they can't really keep tabs on everything. But there are more than 200 unions now uh, popping up all, all, all over the show. So I don't think the necessarily the alliance, an alliance, may still continue to exist. But we've now had today, I heard this morning, that we've now had a new union emerging sponsored by the uh, Economic Freedom Fighters. Uh, an EF, they say it's not an EFF union. It is a union that we have instigated. Well, they're calling it the Socialist Union of South Africa. I think that's one word is missing from that, and that's national Mm -hmm. at the beginning. 
Terry, thank you very much. As always, Terry Bell, uh, the Labour analyst, speaking to us there about the status of workers in South Africa, the status of the Tripartite Alliance as well. A very interesting column in News 24 today. So as I mentioned, Solima Pila uh, has speaking at the moment at the event in Bethlehem. We're waiting for the president to come. He's been speaking about how capitalist bosses continue to oppress the workers. That's the strapline on Newsroom Africa. Let's listen in. Common deployment and common accountability as well as common recall. In other words, no ministers must act as if they are independent of the Alliance Collective. Uh, Comrade Chair, my minutes are still alright, isn't it? Here is my time. Okay. Yes, I see you want to uh, suppress me before my time. You gave me 10 minutes. Let me finish my 10 minutes, please. Thank you. You don't have to like what I say. Thank you very much. Unless you didn't put your own time limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, you can sit down. Thank you very much. It is in this regard, comrade, that this kind of behavior is unacceptable, comrade Singiswa. I've been given 10 minutes and I'm still within my framework of 10 minutes and I'm being disrupted. In other words, comrades, the alliance must act as a strategic political center of our shared common political strategy of the National Democratic Revolution towards the attainment of the ideals in the Freedom Charter, not least especially the ideals of the economic sections of the economic uh, of, of the Freedom Charter. In this regard, comrades, the SACP will not buy faces to anyone. The alliance and its political programs and the democratic movement, the democratic government must implement the decisions of the alliance. It is therefore critical that as we call for unity of the alliance and the unity of the working class, including our common unity to fight against capital and against austerity that has made it impossible for us, for instance, to drive a much more radical implementation of the National Democratic Revolution because of austerity measures. So that was Solima Paila, who, of course, is the General Secretary of the South African Communist Party. That was a little awkward, hey? Oh, that was very awkward because um, <laughs> Zingiswa Lossi, who is the president of Kusatu, told him his time was up and he had words saying, well, if you're not interested in what I'm saying, that's fine. Um, but you've told me 10 minutes and I'm still busy. Now, does this speak to the relationship between the SACP and Kusatu as well? I think I erroneously said that uh, Soli Mapila is from um, from Kusatu. Of course, he is the general secretary of the SACP. He is wrapping up at the moment. Uh, he has spoken about the reconfiguration of the alliance to Secure the unity of workers. He's still having a fight with Zingiswalosi. They're literally screaming at each other on the stage uh, at the moment, which is incredibly awkward. Does it speak about the relationship between the Tripartite Alliance? The Midday Report. So as we break away from Bethlehem for a brief moment, we'll go back there when the president does take the podium. Uh, let's uh, get an update on this Tabo story, which has been wall-to-wall coverage uh, across uh, various publications over the past few weeks. Um, but now the prisoners' rights group, uh, Sapo, is calling for an urgent judicial inquiry into the Tabo saga. Sapo's Golden Miles Budu is joining us now. He's the president of the South African Prisoners' Organization. Miles, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your your time. There have been many calls for a judicial inquiry into correctional services. Do you believe the Tabobesta saga is the catalyst for this to finally happen? Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's a long time coming. Look, as I 
prisoners' rights organization, we end up calling this the Tabo Best True Insight Story Jailbreak. And it's like a Hollywood winning award, Watergate scandal. We had previously commissions of inquiry. I can recall very well, many years ago, we had the Johan Krichler Commission of Inquiry into the investigation of unrest in prison. The recommendations were dormant. We far more frequently remember the Jari Commission Commission of Inquiry. Miles, I'm going to just ask you, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I have to put you on hold for a second. Um, of course, you know it's Workers' Day today. The President's has just taken the podium. We want to hear the reaction from people there. I'm going to come back to you in a second, but let's listen in to hear uh, the reaction to the President. What we are here for is to deliver a message of support because the President of Kosatu, Comrade Zingi Salosi, is going to deliver the main message of the day. Comrades, it's an honor and a privilege for us as COSATU, as the ANC rather, to have this opportunity to address you. But, and I extend my greetings to the leadership of COSATU, of the SACP, and the ANC. And without wasting much time, let us take a minute to remember the 51 workers who tragically lost their lives on the 1st of May in 2003. When I arrived this morning, I went to Solplaiki Dam to go and pay my own respects to those comrades who passed away. I was also particularly pleased that their families were there as well. And I also had an occasion to meet some of the survivors. We dip our heads in honor of those comrades and we continue to, con- to extend our condolences to their families and we honor their families for the manner in which they have accepted this. And I also want to thank them for continuing to work with COSATU as well as with the government of the Northern Cape as well as the Free State. Comrades, it is a sad moment for us as we went there and we saw the memorial stones got, uh, littered all over. But we also have to pay tribute to the one person who was able to save some of the workers, and I believe that he is here as well. Workers in our country and across the world have fought over many years for the right to gather to celebrate the achievement that they have won over many years of working together. And in our country, it has been real good that we have worked together as an alliance. The ANC, the SACP, and COSATU, under the leadership of the African National Congress, as it has led the alliance. And through this work that has been done by the Alliance, 
we have achieved a great deal. Much as Workers' Day is taking place today, during a very difficult time for our country, we want to say that, yes, issues such as poverty, unemployment, inequality, are challenges that can only be effectively addressed if we, as the Alliance, continue working together. If we, as the Alliance, continue holding hands to ensure that the ideals set out in the National Democratic Revolution are indeed achieved. We still feel the effects of many things that have gone wrong in our country, state capture. Recently we had COVID and a lack of investments. And these are challenges that we've got to continue addressing and it should not be for the ANC to address them alone, but it should also be for the entire alliance. It is for this reason, comrades, that we want a strong alliance. Yes, we need to sit down all together as the alliance to discuss the alliance, how we can strengthen it, how we can reconfigure it, so that this alliance continues to lead the attainment of the National Democratic Revolution. It- the president, the president of the ANC in this capacity, speaking at this event led by Kasatu in Bethlehem today. It's a commemoration also of the Salisbury bus tragedy in which 51 workers lost their lives in 2003. The president speaking there about the need for a strong alliance, but we all know the cracks in the alliance. We all know how shaky it is. He wasn't booed today, as far as I could tell. It wasn't exactly rapturous applause either. But how strong is this alliance and will it hold in the way that the ANC wants it to? The Midday Report. Let me go back to the president of the South African Prisoners Organization, Golden Miles Budu. We were speaking about uh, the need for uh, an inquest, a, a judicial inquiry into correctional services because of the Tabo Besta affair. Uh, Miles, apologies again for interrupting you so that we could listen to the president. Thank you for, for being patient. Um, you want to see an inquiry. We've, ca- we've called for this or we've heard, heard calls from this for, for, for years now. Is this now the, the catalyst, the Tabo Besta story? Thank you very much again, Wendy. Look, um, the background of the letter that we sent to the president via his spokesperson, Vincent Quenya, we, we said to him and pleaded with him that following numerous allegations of corruption, maladministration, intimidation, victimization, harassment, assaults, and ultimately death, the Tabo Beg, Bestus Saga, and other improper conduct against our members, our followers at that particular prison and other prisons around the country needs to be put as terms of reference when he agrees that this independent judicial commission of inquiry is approved. We, in fact, also are mindful of the fact that many years ago there was this one Chrysler investigation that was a pointed to investigate riots and protests and so on in prisons, the recommendations were done at. We also recall what happened with the Jali Commission uh, 
commission of inquiry, those recommendations were also dominant. Right. And if, yes, if the president agrees that this judicial, independent judicial commission of inquiry is established, that mm. the recommendations must be taken seriously and it must not be dominant. And if those previous recommendations were not dominant, I don't think we would have had a double best Saga. Miles, thank you very much. Golden Miles Buddha is the president of the South African Prisoners Organization calling there for a judicial inquiry. The Midday Report. That's a wrap of the day's news. Don't forget you can catch the full Midday Report live on 702 and Cape Talk via our streams on YouTube and our website 702.co.za and capetalk.co.za. Keep checking in for updates from my colleagues at Eyewitness News. Till the next time, I'm Mandy Wiener. The Midday Report.